Amen. Thank you, Marilyn. Um, great to see you all. Um, great to see um, some familiar people. Great to see some new people um, uh, with us this morning. People who I know have been um, planning to join us for a while. Um, it, Katie's over there. Katie, Katie's walked 26 miles for um, this church, um, but this is the first Sunday she's managed to come along. Um, and uh, Katie went on our beating heart walk. Do you remember we walked to Marathon to raise money? So Katie was there. She was already raising money um, for that, but this is the first Sunday um, she's managed to join us. So welcome. Um, now, I want to begin by telling you a story. I heard of a, a, a teenager uh, recently who'd been invited along to like, kind of a youth service at uh, this church. She'd been brought along by a friend. She wasn't a Christian. And they, were, they started singing worship songs. And um, she didn't really know what was going on. Which is fair enough. She didn't really know what was going on. The worship was going on. There was a moment where it got a bit quieter. And um, uh, the youth leader overheard her. Um, kind of say to her friend, is this karaoke? <laughs> of course, if you're not familiar with church, then it, why, why, why do we worship? Why do we burst into song? These words appear up on the screen. And she thought, is this karaoke? Is that what we're doing here? Um, she couldn't quite put it in a box that she understood. And, and there's a question um, that we're going to be slightly addressing this morning. Why do we worship? What's it all about? Now, some of us here are natural singers. Um, Jonna probably sings every morning in the shower. I just naturally burst into praise. Um, I, I'm not a natural singer. I need a reason to sing. So, um, any Liverpool fans here? Any Liverpool fans here? Thank you. Uh, any Chelsea fans here? Yeah, so I felt uh, uh, the reason to sing on Friday night when Liverpool beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Like, that moved me to want to sing. Uh, the national anthem before England win the Rugby World Cup, um, I felt I had a reason to sing. I need a reason to sing. If, um, if, uh, if there's a, a party or like a, a wedding reception um, or something going on or it's like the weekend away and the music starts, um, some people are right there. They're ready to sing, they're ready to dance. The only moves you're likely to get out of me is towards the bar or the buffet. Um, I'm just not that person. And we need a reason to sing. Um, I'm not also, and this is going to upset some of you, a huge fan of, of musicals. I know that's distressing to some of you. But, um, but I, I kind of like, I always watch those and I'd be like, why, why, why are you singing? Why don't you, you just say it? And this is a perfect example of, um, this is a song, it's actually from a film, I wonder if anybody can identify it. This is a song that, that somebody felt needed to be sung rather than just said. Let me read the lyrics to you. They're truly inspiring. Come and roll your sleeves up, so to speak, and pitch in cleaning crud up in the kitchen. As we sing along, and you'll trill a cheery tune in the tub, as we scrub a stubborn mildew stain, lug a hairball from the shower drain. Why do you need to sing that? Like, it's the most dull thing you can possibly imagine, and yet that is sung by Amy Adams in the film Enchanted. It's called Happy Working Song apparently. Has anybody seen that film? Yeah. So that, why would you need to sing that? Like, I, I cannot think that a stubborn mildew stain or hairball is going to motivate me to sing. Um, uh, or, yeah, I need a better reason to sing than that. And um, so we're going to look a little bit um, this morning at this reading because um, Peter gives us in this reading a reason to sing like no other. 
If there's any reason for our hearts, our souls to sing in this life, Peter gives it to us in this reading. And um, Peter urges us at the start of his book, this, this is the book, the letter that we're going to be in for the rest of this series now as we walk through this series on blessing. Um, he begins with this kind of Old Testament formula for praise. A lot of the early Christians that he was writing to were converts from Judaism. That's who a lot of the early Christians were. And they would have picked up that he begins his book with worship, with praise. So glance down... Um, with me at your reading again. I hope it's open in front of you. And verse 3, this phrase, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This praise be phrase is a classic Old Testament formula for praise, for beginning of worship. And so he begins with praise. And this is how he's saying we bless God. Today in our series, we looked last week on how we are blessed we are blessed in Jesus. We're blessed by God. He initiates this whole life of blessing he has for us. But we are blessed to be a blessing. And this week we're looking at how it is we bless God. Now, there are all sorts of ways. Some of you who've been a Christian for a while can probably be, might be thinking of verses of how it is that we bless God. We bless God in many ways through the rest of the series and every talk. We bless God when we welcome someone well to church. We bless God when we bless the community next week um, uh, with the St. Albans Fair, God willing, weather willing. We bless people when we obey God's commands. For our, we bless God when we obey his commands for our lives. The New Testament says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. We bless God in all sorts of ways, but here um, I'm going to focus in, because the rest of the series is on a lot of that. I'm going to focus us in on praise, on worship. This is how Peter starts his book. He seems to want to focus us in on praise, on worship. This is how we bless God. And it's our responsibility to bless God, to praise him, but it's also our ultimate joy. Uh, I don't know, um, Esther read our reading brilliantly, but as I was reading through and reading through this reading, I, I love it when, if you're reading scripture, you get a sense of the excitement of the person that was writing it. And there's a phrase at the end of this reading that should give us a hint that he was pretty excited because he talks about an inexpressible and glorious joy because of this living hope that he's talking about. So I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to um, pause for my talk notes and I'm just going to read the reading to us again. Um, follow it if you want to um, from verse 3 or close your eyes and try and let this wash over you. I'm not the best dramatic speaker but I'm just going to read this to us again, okay? I'm definitely not singing, Marilyn. That would not be a blessing. Um, here we go. It's called Praise to God for a Living Hope. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, 
which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And though you haven't seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are, and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Can you sense his excitement? Can you sense his praise? This inexpressible and glorious joy. And he calls us to worship. We worship God because he's worthy of our praise, because he's God. But we worship God also because it's our joy. An inexpressible and glorious joy that bubbles out of us. And I, I, came, I, I wondered why. I was thinking, why is it that, that praise blesses God? It seems to in Scripture. It's not, like, um, it's not like he needs it, but he does seem to want it. It's a profound truth, actually, for us today. Uh, think on this. God doesn't need you. He wants you. It's a whole different thing. Do you see? He doesn't need you. He wants you because he loves you. He doesn't need our worship, but he does want it because he wants relationship and he wants all of us. Uh, um, I, I love this quote I came across today, uh, and um, not today, earlier on this week. And uh, it said this, um, and I wonder if this is also perhaps why our praise, our worship to God, blesses him. Worship is the only gift we can bring to God that he himself has not first given to us. Do you see? Worship is the only gift we can bring to God that he himself has not first given to us. So we praise him. We worship him. But it's not just our responsibility, as I said, because it's God, it's our joy. If I said to my daughters, it is your responsibility every night before you go to bed to prove that you love me and come and give me a kiss. It's your responsibility. How do you think that would go over time? Uh, I think they'd either be a rebellion. No, I'm not giving you a kiss, which actually sadly does happen sometimes. <laughs> um, or it breaks my heart every time. Or they might just start doing it out of a kind of lifeless religion kind of thing. Kind of, it was my responsibility. But if it comes from a joy from within, because they first received my love, then actually it's a whole different dynamic. And actually, I don't want their kiss if it's a responsibility. I want it because it's a joy. Do you see? It's a completely different thing. And so that's why Peter throws us back um, to this inexpressible and glorious joy. He says, you have to capture afresh this joy, this living hope, because it's what will frame this blessing God relationship um, right. I can't tell you to love Liverpool Football Club. I can't make you. I can't tell you you need to love Marmite. I can't make you. Um, uh, obviously, your life will be better if you do both of those things. Um, but I can't force that on you. It has to come from within. Someone once said, worship is taking your private cry and making it public. 
Worship is taking your private cry and making it public. And you see, if it's not going on in here in private, if we're not worshipers in private in our hearts, it's not going to have any authority in public. Do you see that? And so we need to look within. We need to have, each of us needs to have a reason to sing. We need to have a reason to sing. And, um, and most of all in this life, we need hope. It's hope, this living hope that Peter talks about that gives us a reason to sing. And um, as I was thinking, praying about this this last couple of weeks, an illustration popped to mind. And for me, it's just, you know, if you've been around here any time, you know I quite like a prop. Um, and so this, this, this morning we've got a prop. And this helped me understand why praise and why blessing God was important to this life of blessing for all of us. How, why it was significant to how we can have a living hope today. How we can enjoy an inexpressible and glorious joy bubbling up in our lives today. Because I, I bet you there are some of you, if not most of you here today, who aren't all the time experiencing an inexpressible and glorious joy in your life. I know I don't. So how can we grow in that, in this blessing God and seeing that fruit in our lives? Um, And this is why I have a rope at the front here. Now, um, Katie, I warned you I was going to pick on you. Katie, can you you come up to the front here? Now, um, Katie represents, if you have a, have a look down at your reading again, um, we're going to read uh, verse, you grab this end of the rope, okay? Hold on to tight, you wrap it around your waist if you want, just to make it secure. Um, and uh, uh, yet while she's doing that, have a look down at verse 3 and 4 again. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope. How do we live in hope here? through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. So, what Katie represents is our inheritance. She represents the future. She represents all the promises of God um, that kind of we can cast our eye forward and we can say, yes, there is hope, there's an inheritance, it's glorious, it's incredible. And we have to like hold on to that. But you see, there are lots of things that we put our hope in. This isn't going to hurt, I promise you. Um, She's getting a bit worried. There are lots of things that we put our hope in, in this life, that um, we try and hold on to, to give us a sense of hope and purpose in our lives now. We all need hope, something to hope in. That's just the human condition. Um, But the problem is, sometimes there's storms in life and stuff happens, and either we're not strong enough to hold on, or the knot isn't strong enough in the thing that we're hoping in, and so it comes undone. And if it's just dependent on us, and it was just dependent on the thing that we're putting our hope in, whether that be exam results, or a job, or a relationship, that can fail us. Or we can fail to hold on to that hope in tough times. But what's different, you see, about this hope that Peter's talking about is it isn't dependent on me. And it isn't even dependent on just that. It's lashed, Peter, church warden, can you come up to the front here? It's lashed to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So you tie this around you, okay? Now, this changes everything. 
You see, that hope is made absolutely 100% secure because it is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's because of an empty grave. It's because Jesus rose from the dead. It's because of the gospel. That it's true that Jesus really is who he said he was. That he came to deal with our sin. That he rose from the grave so that we could have new birth into this living hope through the resurrection. Do you see? And so suddenly, what we hope on is not dependent on that failing, it's not dependent on us failing, it doesn't matter what storms come our way, because they're lashed to one another. When we look to the gospel, it reminds us that death has lost its sting, that that is our future. When we look to the future and we feel worried about how can I hold on to that hope, well, you don't have to, because it's anchored to the resurrection, to something that happened in history. Do you see what I mean? And what praise does, what blessing God does, is it does this. It pulls into the present both the future and the past. Yeah, you can come close, that's all right. I don't actually want to hurt you. But do you see what blessing does is into our situation, into the storm, into everything that we're going, might be going on in our lives now, whether it's good or bad, it pulls into that reality the hope that we have of, the, of our inheritance lashed to the resurrection and the reminder of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Does that help anyone at all to see? What he's saying here isn't loose, it isn't dependent on us, it isn't dependent on a job or a relationship or exam results or anything else. The hope that we have is lashed to the reality of the resurrection and as we bless God, as we fill our hearts and our minds and our souls with the truth about who God is and what he's done and the hope that we have, this inexpressible and glorious joy bubbles up within us because as we do that, we drag these truths into the center of our lives now. It's that right now becomes infused with the hope that we have, the inheritance that we have to look forward to. It becomes grounded not on us or anything else, but on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you see how we drag those things together and it becomes a reality, a living hope now? Can we thank these guys for willing to be undo it? (laughs) Thank you. Owen McManus, who's a Christian preacher. Anyone heard of Owen McManus out there or read a book or heard a talk of his? No, check him out. He's a very good communicator. He says this. He says, there's a power in hope that goes beyond explanation. It lifts us out of the rubble of our failures, our pain, and our fear to rise above what at one point seemed insurmountable. Our ability to endure, to persevere, to overcome is fueled by this one seemingly innocuous ingredient called hope. And Peter is bubbling over with praise because of this. He's not trying to convince you, you have to love Jesus. He's trying to say, I'm giving you a reason to sing. All of us in life need a hope, we need a reason to sing. And he's trying to say, this is the only sure reason to sing you will find in this life. It's not dependent on you, which is a good thing, because we all fail and we all slip and we all let go. It's not dependent on any hopes that might be in this world. It's a hope that is secure because it's grounded on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's lashed to it. And as we praise, as we fill our hearts and our minds 
with the praises of God, as we bless him for who he is and what he's done, those things come into our present and they're infused into our lives every day and it becomes a living hope that bubbles up within us. Do you see? Do you just sense, even if you can't feel it like Peter does, how that's possible, how that might be possible? And it can change everything. So Peter's saying that this is the starting point for Christian discipleship. It's the starting point for our life as a church. We receive to praise. We receive to praise. And the beautiful cyclical thing about this is God, because he loves us, because he does want our praise, doesn't need it, but he wants us because he wants us, is blessed by that. But the beautiful cyclical thing, and you can see it in Peter's, the way he talks, um, is as we praise, as we bless God, as we become a people of praise, as we draw those truths into our lives and it bubbles up in praise, it doesn't just bless God, it blesses us. Do you see how it fills us up again? It helps us breathe in this living hope for our lives. It helps us become a people of praise. It's a powerful, powerful thing. Now, I do want to say and make clear, because there are people here who get up in the morning and they sing in the shower, and then there are people like me. And you might have been here this morning during the worship and not felt like singing, and that just might not feel like you. And I kind of want to say, you know, that expression of worship, if that's not you, that's fine. We're all built differently. Some of us, it's a, it's a mental thing. Some of it's, it's a deep emotional thing. Um, hopefully it's a bit of a mix for all of us. But what I want to say, and what I think Peter would say, is that there needs to be somewhere in our heart, if we're to live a blessed life, if we're to live a blessed life, then there needs to be somewhere in our heart this living hope that moves our lives and our heart to praise, to blessing God. As it does, it will bless us. As we draw these things, it will infuse our lives with a living hope. We bless God and we're blessed ourselves. Do you see? I want to encourage you as I come into land, as I finish, to find a way to do this for yourself. Uh, If you've got your... um, if you've got your notes, if you've got your service order and you've got your notes with you, your notes look a, a little bit like this. Um, you can use this for yourself. The best way to use this is in a small group. If you're not in a small group already, join a small group. But you will notice as we go through this series that the last question every week, after some suggested questions you could look through, is what difference will this make to my life? And if where to... Um, you can think through that through for yourself, but I'd love to, at the end of the talk, give one or two suggestions of how you might help incorporate this into your life this week. Um, one way I was inspired by um, our new youth worker, Zoe, um, on Friday night, and she led a brilliant youth session. If your parents here, your kids are in good hands. She's fantastic. Um, but she, uh, if I say this bit of uh, kind of Church of England liturgy, I wonder if anyone's been around long enough that they know what to say. So if I say, let us bless the Lord, what do you say in response? Let us bless the Lord. 
That's brilliant. It's such a relief because I'm not sure I would have known if somebody had just said to me. Um, there's a, there's a, this, this refrain in the Church of England that sometimes you if, if at the end of the service some, a, pre, a leader says, let us bless the Lord, the congregation are kind of meant to respond, thanks be to God. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's something about this is how we bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. And uh, Zoe introduced this little thing to the young people. She said, um, uh, she gave them each a journal, free little journal, and she said, um, she said, you can take this or leave it, you don't have to do it, but it will, it will be a huge blessing, it could be amazing if you do. She said, what I want you to do is every day for this series of blessing, write down the day, and every day at the end of the day, just write down three things you were blessed by today, three things you're thankful for, three things you want to thank God for, that's all. And so if you do that every day, see how blessed you feel and how blessing begins to flow out of you by doing that. That might be something that we could pick up on rather than just the youth. Or another way you might want to do it visually, maybe if this, you remember this rope and you remember poor Peter and Katie being lashed to this rope, uh, perhaps you could do something similar in your home. So what you could do is you could say, well, this is where I am now, get a post-it note or something, and write down the stuff you're facing at the moment, where you need living hope now. Uh, just put it on a post-it note or something, or on a shelf, on a window ledge or something like that. Just pop it in the middle. And then get a piece of string or something, I don't know. And over here, um, on a post-it note over here, just write a few things about your inheritance, what the future looks like because it's God's future. Who wins in the end? <laughs> and then over here on another post-it note, um, draw a cross or something. Draw an empty grave. Jesus is Lord. He rose from the dead. Death has lost its sting. And in your prayers, maybe it's just a visual, practical thing. Maybe it's just the way my mind works. You can take your present and you can just go, how does that look if I pray those things into this? Do you see? And see if as you do that this week, that doesn't begin to change how you feel about this and what you put on the first post-it note. Do you see? What difference is this going to make to your life? We want to become a people of praise whose this living hope is bubbling out over us, and we need God's help with that. Um, can we stand? I'm going to pray. I'm cool. That was my fault, I think. I'm going to pray for us. That wasn't the Lord. That was me. Um, am I on? Can people hear me? Um, let me pray for us. Um, and we're going to move into a time of, of worship as well. Can I invite you guys up to, to lead us? But. I'm going to let the word of God do its own work. And... Um, if you'd like to remain standing, just uh, if you'd like to, we looked at this last week, just hold your hands out in front of you. It's nothing, there's nothing magic about that. It's just this is how we receive a gift. If we want to receive blessing, then it's, it's a way, our kind of sign language to God saying, yeah, I want to receive blessing this morning. And um, I'm just going to read this reading to us again and pray that the Spirit does something through that in our hearts. And then we're going to flow into worship. I do want to say that as well, though, with that, if, if you know that God's on your case or he's been speaking to you or he's been challenging you this morning, 
we would love to pray for you. Please don't go into the rest of the week without letting a Christian brother or sister stand with you and pray with you. And um, if you'd like prayer, please do come forward and a member of the, the community here will pray for you. If that's too scary and the person next to you doesn't look too scary, you could ask them to pray for you. I'm sure they'd love to. Um, but let me read this reading to you uh, over, over us again and, um, and then we'll worship. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. You believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. worship together.